This is the Tribune Audio Network. This episode of Eat It Virginia is brought to you by your locally owned and operated McDonald's restaurants. National First Responders Day is October 28th. Show your first responder ID for a free sandwich. So today, I'm going to be a bartender. Yesterday, I was on the floor. So technically, yesterday, I was a server. And tomorrow, I'm going to be in the kitchen. So I love doing this. It's Monday, July 29th. Happy birthday, Dad. We're talking why you shouldn't eat tikka masala at Sunny Bavage's restaurant, Leja. We're talking hangovers with Booth. And Scott is on vacation. Welcome to Eat It, Virginia. Hello and welcome to Eat It Virginia. My name is Scott Wise and I am joined as always by my lovely co-host Roby Martin. Hello Scott. It's dad's birthday today Roby. It's dad's birthday. Happy birthday. It's somebody else's Mr. birthday. Mr. Roby's dad. <laughs> Mr. Roby's dad. Yes. His name's Bobby. Wish him happy birthday. Maybe buy him some sort of whiskey on the rocks. Another person that would like whiskey on the rocks is a friend of the podcast, Alex Bryan. Happy birthday, Alex. It's the reason why we know each other, Scott. Is that Alex, that lovely, lovely Alex. It's all coming together. We have such a great show for you today. Sunny Bavija, James Beard-nominated chef and owner of Leisha, is here. Sunny is going to talk to us about his life story, how he got into food, what brought him from India to Short Pump, what you should, and maybe more importantly, should not order at his restaurant. Great stuff. It, it really is. So this podcast is going to be a little different than the ones we normally do. Maybe a little bit shorter because... Because you're going on vacation, Scott. I'm actually on vacation while you're listening to this. So you something are. big happens in the food world in the last couple of days. It won't be covered today because we're actually recording this episode a little bit earlier than normal. Because we are sending Scott up. We're sending him to Boston, Baltimore, and New York. New York City, baby. We got some good suggestions Ooh. on... Our Eat It Virginia Instagram, which I'm actually going to make a request again. We'd like restaurants in Boston, Baltimore, or New York City for Scott to perhaps go to. Hopefully something so family-ish. kid-friendly. Yeah, yeah, yeah but your nice. kids eat most things. They do. Speaking of kids, <laughs> we've got Booth coming up next. What's Booth going to talk about? What's Booth going to talk yeah, about? Yeah, what are we talking about today? Well, you actually are, like, really straining Booth's expertise today. You want to know how a professional wine guy gets rid of his hangover. So I'm going to embarrass myself a little bit here, and I'm cool with it. So when Booth and I are trying to figure out what we're going to do for this type of this section in the podcast, I send him some text messages. He, of course, sends me back the most intelligent of texts, and then I say, yes, we'll do that. Today, I sent Booth a text saying, here's what I would like to talk about. Can we talk about nitrates? Nitrates. <laughs> yes, do it. The text nitrates and wine. Cured wine. Cured wine. So, Booth sits on this text message. I'm telling <laughs> you, he has a red receipt on this text message. He sits <laughs> Were there on bubbles the coming up and like going away? Oh, and coming I'm not down. afraid. I'm he not didn't afraid. even know what to do with the question. And finally... You stumped him. I didn't, though. I didn't. He knew what I was talking about, but... <laughs> 
He goes, I believe you mean sulfites. <laughs> Sounds like nitrates. It doesn't sound anything sort like of. nitrates. That's it absolutely is incorrect. And I am perfectly comfortable with embarrassing myself here, but I do hear a lot of people you talk You should be, about by the way. That is, you should not be intimidated or afraid to go into a wine shop and try to talk to somebody. And be like, dude, nitrates? No, I think that probably <laughs> we could keep that for, like, I don't know, Kyle at ZZQ or maybe Tanya <laughs> at Belmont Madrid, which they probably know a little bit more. They also probably know about sulfites, too. But what I really want to know... Scott, have you heard about hangovers? <laughs> I think I've experienced one or two in my day. There's some, there's some good movies by that title as well. That's what they say. I don't think I've ever seen them. But, um, Drink lots of water and have a Tylenol before bed, right? Isn't that the key? No? It, it, that know. helps. Uh, I think Advil. Tylenol Advil, that's makes your yeah. stomach bleed or yeah. something. Yeah, I, if you drink too much, I believe that's a bad Tylenol idea. is a no. <laughs> that's right. And, uh, yeah, Advil, well, I meant yeah. to say. It's a completely different section of this podcast. Um... Why do people think that sulfates are not good and give them the hangovers? Can do you know this? Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a thing people are talking about. Um, somehow along the way, someone got the idea that sulfites are bad for you to consume, um, and somehow someone along the way got the idea that there's a lot of sulfites in wine. And um, they're n- neither of those are completely true. There, there's definitely sulfites in most wines, but there's sulfites in a lot of other stuff too, um, including uh, you know some cured meats, apricots at the store. If you get them and they're orange, they have a, t- a lot of sulfites. So that's what's responsible for my hangover. It's all the apricots <laughs> I ate. The apricots night. you ate drunk that you forgot that yeah, you that ate. I had. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there the it is. pepperoni pizza. Yeah. <laughs> also with the sulfates. <laughs> so it isn't sulfates in wine. Well, it's probably so, just the four bottles I drank. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Chances are it's just a hangover and an, and it's not an allergy to sulfites. But there are some people out there that have um, they have an allergy to it. Um, but they they also wouldn't be able to eat all those other things too, and they probably would know that by now. So just because you felt like like crap the next morning after drinking some wine uh, does not mean you have a sulfite problem. Does it mean it's crappy wine? Not at all. No, okay. sulfites um, have been used in winemaking all the way back to the Romans. Uh, it's, it's a natural thing. It's just a preservative. Um, just a lot, like high levels of it are, uh, sometimes they can sort of affect you, but, but good winemaking and good wines don't need a lot of sulfites. And again, they have less than like a lot of other products that you could get at the supermarket. So <laughs> Boots... Professional opinion is eat before you drink. Eat before you drink. Plenty of water. A glass of water with every glass of wine really will do a lot. A lot of people might not, you know, think to drink that much water. Maybe one glass every two wine glasses or something. But uh, that helps a lot, too. So eat, hydrate, and Advil. Four. I mean, who takes two Advil? (laughs) I I actually don't think I have any friends that even know what two Advil means. Actually, that's not true. A a person came over to my house the other day and was like, I need some Advil. And I was like, how many? And he was like, two. And I was like, I don't Who are you? Yeah, yeah. Um, That's a common misconception that uh, two Advil does something. Uh, don't take them at all. And <laughs> one. That is a real joke. That's, that's like a waste of time. on this podcast right now. We are not doctors. We are, uh, <laughs> that's right. This is yeah, not do actual saying, advice. But we are saying take more than four Advil. <laughs> Follow oh. Roby's medical advice at your own risk. Yeah. Don't go anywhere. We're talking Indian food with Sunny Bavesia next. 
So, Roby. Yes, Scott. It's not, it's, not, <laughs> it's not polite to talk about ages, but we're going to talk about ages right now. Okay. Because the country is celebrating a very important birthday. It's the 40th anniversary of the first Happy Meal. Do you remember your first time well, it, I eating feel, a Happy Meal? I got to say this. The Happy Meal is as old as I am. I know. You both age so gracefully. Oh, that's so good. The chicken nuggets still do look good, don't they? Always. So tell us what uh, McDonald's is doing to celebrate the 40th anniversary of the Happy Meal. The same thing I got when I turned 40. A surprise party. They're doing a surprise Happy Meal. So what does that entail? Toys. What kind of toys? Surprise. Right. They're toys from the last 40 years. Oh, do you remember what the toys were when we were kids? I don't know, but I'm crossing my fingers for a Muppet baby. Was, it, was there an E.T. toy or a Star Wars? That's what I liked when I was e. a kid. E.T. phone home toy? Like, that's the one. Oh, Star Wars. Who do you like? In Star Wars? Yes. Han Solo. Duh. Why are you even asking that question? So you want a Han Solo toy? Absolutely. So you know when you can get one? Tell me. If if that's the surprise, and I'm not going to spoil the surprise, on November the 7th is when they're going to start the 40th anniversary with all of the surprise toys from the last 40 years. So I know you. I like You've been to my, weirdly enough, I mean, or greatly enough, you've been to my home. I, yeah, I know. Uh, James Beard, a, a semifinalist in my home. You're a lucky lady. I am insanely lucky. So we are with Sunny Bavesia mm-hmm. of Lasia. And you are, what is this, like your 50th semifinalist James Beard Award that you are been, you've been nominated for? I mean, it's been a lot. Uh, James Beard was... 84, <laughs> every award known to man, you have all the things. So technically, yeah, James Beard, it was the first time I got nominated, which was a huge honor. You know, we always talk about that our own city, just Richmond alone, forget about Mid-Atlantic. Uh, I think... All those new chefs, which has been uh, the new breed, has started for the last eight to ten years. I think we opened nine years back, and I still remember it was all about uh, Dale Reitzer. Yeah, uh, oh, sure, yeah, yep. Acacia, sure. Yep, Acacia was one of the iconic plays, and uh, we love Dale. Is still doing great job, and Jason Ellie. Those Jason Alley, yes, yeah. Comfort. Yep, Mingo. so those two were the only people at that time, if you recognize, and before that, Jimmy Sneed and everybody. But then there was a wave started, like later on, and uh, I think we were fortunate enough to be among those restaurants and still surviving. And again, to be nominated, that was an honor among our own great chefs in the city. Like, it was a huge honor. I think it's amazing. Uh, if you if you aren't if you're just joining us, we are with Sunny of Lasia, and we are actually on location at the restaurant recording today. So you're hearing nice all ambient noise, ambient noises from a working restaurant. The restaurant is inside of Short Pump Mall, which is an interesting location for a restaurant. Sunny, why here? Uh, to be honest, our first idea, our first thought was either carry town or fan when we were thinking of after looking for a location for a few months we couldn't find the one which we like it uh, the one should have some parking space and um, the square the way the design of the restaurant is supposed to be we couldn't find the location the way we needed it then we thought okay it's enough of looking in downtown let's step out into the west end and see if we can find something and uh, so Short Pump Town Center was honestly happens in a day. We were just looking on Broad somewhere, couldn't find again. 
uh, the one we needed it. And one day we happened to be in the short pump town center and my business partner, he just suggested, he said, let's just look into the town center. And I had no idea that or no feeling that we could, we said, okay, let's just go. Like you just entered. That was my first time even coming to short pump town center ever. And we came, we went to the guest services and luckily their uh, longtime leasing agent uh, she was available, and we just talked, and she was so excited to hear what we are planning. And it's not like your average, every other uh, restaurant going to be. So she was so excited with the plan. And later on, um, like it just happened in less than a month, like so quickly that they were so excited. And they want to bring an ethnic place to, uh, like to the town center, and they want something local, which just worked out to perfection at this time. So how... How did you get here? Like, that's the best question. Like, yeah, I mean, like, I realize that it's probably a story, but, like, how did we get here? In Short Pump, you think, well, no, or in Richmond? In, in Richmond. Like, I mean, you clearly are an award-winning chef. Um, what brought you, how did you get here? Uh, I was working with Nawab, if you ever know a little bit of my background. So I have worked with Nawab for a while. In fact, my business partner here, he still owns Nawab. And uh, we always have a dream, you know, like Nawab, it's a great restaurant. Ashok's been doing a great job there for the last, uh, I would say, since 1992. Uh, all those four locations been going on in Hampton Roads, and he opened up another one in uh, uh, Redmond Commons area uh, towards Sandbridge Beach. It's uh, called Masala Bites. Um, but when this restaurant was... That might be the name of everything in my life right now. <laughs> Masala Bites. Yes, I, That's I, I, great. I'm, I'm here for that. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, for this place, I had things in mind. I want to be close to the family, which is in Hampton Roads. Most of the families in Hampton Roads. I want to be close to this place. And somehow Richmond always feels home to me. I lived in Williamsburg for so long, but whenever I used to come to Richmond... I had very few friends, but this area always attracts me. Like whenever you come in, I feel this is home. Like you feel a connection with the place. I have traveled to look for the locations, not only just Richmond, so many other places. I can't tell you, like for a year probably. But Richmond always, always, like whenever I was thinking back, this was always connecting me. So we thought, okay, let's, that's Richmond. When did you first uh, move to the States? <sighs> That was around 2004 when I moved to the state for the first time. And what brought you to this country? Uh, two reasons for that part was, not just one. First was, I know that end of the day, this is, I'm doing it. In India, those days, you won't have a huge respect for a chef, like if you want to do. And I was a business major already. So once you do something out of the league, it's like, it's not easy to work on with that because and nobody will, seeing your resume, people won't even take you for that job. Another thing was that here, it's going to be much easier. Uh, nobody will ask you, you're a master's degree holder, you're MBA or not. Uh, doesn't matter if I want to a dishwasher, I will still get it. Um, that was one thing. Second was the marriage. When I got married, uh, so my wife's uh, originally from Hampton Roads also. So... That was two reasons that she wanted me to come in and just see it. Another thing, I was so busy in India, <laughs> like, 
can tell you to the point. Uh, and I was like, right now I'm going to be 40 in October. So think about those many years. I was such a young man. I was already right. having my life set at that age in India that uh, I was doing great, like great. <laughs> so, but I always like challenges. So when I come into the country, I always want to start from, from the beginning. Um, so Nawab provided me that platform. Um, even Ashok never wants me to start from the beginning. He wants me to manage or do the other things, uh, but I want to do from scratch. And I think that thing from scratch really helped me uh, training the people there and then learning myself from them also. When we were setting up this interview, you were telling me all the different, I mean, this is your restaurant, but you were telling me all the jobs you had within this restaurant. So why don't, why don't we go through that real quickly? What is it you do here exactly? Oh. So today, I'm going to be a bartender. That's Are my job really? today. Today, yeah. in this restaurant, you're a bartender. <laughs> yeah, so I'm the bartender today. And uh, yesterday, I was on the floor. Uh, so technically, yesterday, I was a server. And tomorrow, I'm going to be in the kitchen. So I love doing this. Of all the jobs that you've done this week, which are among your favorites and like, what do you enjoy the most about it? To be honest, I love this line. And I always call it, since you're loving it, and I'm lucky that it's my passion and profession at the same time, I enjoy every single thing. If I'm in the kitchen, I want to give my 100%. If I'm at the bar, I want to make sure you tell this is the best drink. Even every single thing. Uh, on the floor, even if washing dishes, if I'm expediting, Whatever you do, I love it all. And that is part of the reason I picked this job was uh, that you want to be, even in my kitchen staff, I sometimes brings them into the floor and in intentionally delayed their appetizers for a few minutes or whatever spice level they ordered. Uh, or if you order your stick to be imagined rare and somebody give you well done, you're mad. So I intentionally do that to the kitchen staff and bring them out. So that's the only way to train them. Just give them experience. Because, and to me, being working in the front of the house and back of the house at the same time, it allows me to understand everything. That, okay, what your front of the house staff is needed and what your guest demands. And being in the kitchen, you want to execute that right. And uh, so we try that your front of the house understands the things at the back of the house. Because everyone works hard in the restaurant. And ultimate aim is to please the guest, to give them a memorable experience. And I think uh, it really helps me end of the day by working in any position, I enjoy it all. As long as I'm in the restaurant, sometimes I'm sad. I imagine there's so many things happen. The moment I enter the restaurant, it doesn't matter how tired I am, I think the moment I step in the restaurant, it everything changes. I forget about that. The moment you step out, everything probably start again. But I feel since I'm into this, like imagine area, into that, into that uh, like restaurant's uh, demographics, right now into that area, I just, I'm a completely different person, and I love that. Where did you learn to cook? Where did you learn your love for the hospitality industry? So this thing started way back uh, in India. I was working when I was, I think, not even 20, I guess. I was uh, managing a park called Wonderland, more like a bush gardens uh, basis. It was, I think, the fourth biggest park in India. And another thing to mention was the cleanest park in India at those days. Um, Cleanliness is a good thing. Yeah, a huge thing, especially in India <laughs> those days. Now, like, it's, it's getting better. Uh, even the prime minister is doing so many things for that. But those days, like, uh, I think they can just throw anything anywhere. That was the mistake. It's not just in general. 
Um, but when I was working for that park, uh, so I want to change things. When I start managing that whole area, I realized that they put so much emphasis on uh, the the rides and other things. It's like just the rides and water park and other things, but no one's paying attention to the food. The food is all about noodles, burgers, this and that. So when I was there, I realized we need food. That area, that entire area, uh, which is Punjab, the my home state, people love food, like love food. Um, and I realized that in their park, it is very every other park, like junk food, this and that, and they were doing good. So I told my MD, I said, if we can do some changes, like bring a different scenario, like a roadside diner, uh, even if we are doing burger and noodles and other things, it has to be done from scratch. And let's make everything on our own, like in a park. He was thinking I'm crazy. But we said, like, even if we're doing pizzas, our own doughs. We're not buying anything. We're not doing anything. Because if somebody has to have pizza with a change, like Indian twist to that, and uh, burgers, same way. And I think he likes it. And that's what my actually journey started. And I was about 20-ish that time. When I have to look for the chefs, and I traveled all over. And when I was traveling, if I found somebody good, doesn't matter, he's a roadside chef or he is working for a five-star place, he's in a diner, or if he's on a street cart. If I love what he's doing, execution-wise, I'm going to bring him to this place. And like in terms of financially, he has to get, uh, he has to do, uh, imagine if he's making certain money, I want to make sure he's got way more to come in. And I was lucky to get a great team of people in that place. And you'd be shocked, after a year, that place was known for its food. People were coming for the food, not only for the rides, or like, you're going to Bush Gardens, you say, let's have food in Bush Gardens. So that was my strength, and that's how it changes me completely. Because learning and going to the streets, traveling all over, that was the turning point in my life. I have a confession to make. I don't know a lot about India. Can you tell me what your life was like growing up? Uh, I... Not many people ask me for this. Like I'll tell you, I grew up in the country. So I grew up in a state of uh, India called Punjab. And Punjab means, pun means five, uh, like, and ab means like waters. So it's like a land of five waters. Uh, so this name was before India-Pakistan got partitioned. Now there's only three rivers. Two went to the Pakistani Punjab. But it's still called Punjab in both the sides. So... Uh, I was on, there was one river called Satluj, which was close to ours. So it was country, and uh, imagine our school, luckily the school system was great. My parents were teachers. Uh, so think my, my village where I grew up, my bedroom window was opening to the fields. It's cornfield in certain time of the year. Uh, you got the wheat and then uh, the rice. And then sometimes the other things too, depending upon they have like something else like sugarcane, which we used to love it because you can just go up to the roof and take the sugarcane right there without anyone noticing. So I have grew up. So and he's that's a thief. That's what I learned just then. <laughs> so that was natural because imagine the milk to me was that uh, 
it's coming in the morning and you just have to boil it because it's not pasteurized. And then you make the butter from that and the clarified butter from that, making your own cheese. So that was a standard. So that's why when we talk about we make our own cheese, we do this. I don't say that. I feel it's a standard. that I, w- I was grew up you on grew that. You grew up that way, yeah. so it just makes sense to you like that you farm do Farm to it, table sure. is a standard to me. I, I don't make a big deal out of it. So, okay, so, I, so I, I, we talked about this earlier. I was lucky enough to have Sunny come and cook at the house, which, by the way, guys, you should totally do that, anybody that's listening. Where's the list to... to I, I, I bet you if you want to get on Sunny, that, that I mean, train. It's, it's <laughs> it is the greatest, least stressful, and most... Probably one of the coolest things I've ever done living where I live right now. Where I'm going with this is um, he after he cooked everybody all the food, he sat down and chatted with us, and we talked about tikka masala and butter chicken. Yep, that's true. And I learned a bunch of things that I didn't know previously, which I would really like for you to explain. Because I think everybody comes, as you said, and orders tikka masala which that's a big deal for individuals here, especially in Richmond. Why is that not, I'm going to say, why is that not the right thing to do? See, we always call about there's two aspects of business. Uh, first is we all want you to be on the doors and be happy. Chicken tikka masala is one of those dishes which has brought many people who's not from Indian origin uh, interact with Indian food and being kind of the face but if you go to India, there's no chicken tikka masala. None. No. Zero tikka mm-hmm. masala. Now, the, due to Google, people are familiar what chicken tikka masala is. But if you talk about 15 years back, people has no idea what is chicken tikka masala. Chicken tikka masala was a dish which was originated in Glasgow, in the UK. So an Indian counterpart for that would be chicken makhni or butter chicken. People do love that. It's And we make sure the way we make chicken tikka masala, it has to be the way you get it, the way it's supposed to be in England or UK, uh, and the butter chicken, the way it's supposed to be in India. Uh, But we are so pleased and sometimes more than happy that if you try something else, because we always talk that there's way more things to Indian food, like charts. Imagine, like, you talk about street charts. my favorite thing. Yeah, those are, like, amazing. We feel excited when we talk about like, we sell chicken tikka masala. It's a great dish, but I never got excited, even if it's selling it or there's, there's nothing. Imagine it's a great dish, but you don't get excited about that. Uh, but then there's tons of other things in Indian food which makes you excited that, wow, like, this is, this is the dish. I want to serve it to you. Uh, and when we open, just like every Indian restaurant, when you do, we have samosas on every single Indian restaurant's menu. We added samosas on the menu after four years. First four years, we didn't have samosas. Many, many familiar dishes we never even have on the menu. Part of the reason were we feel those dishes kills the whole menu. If we don't have samosas on the menu, you will miss it. You might be mad at us, but that will allow you to order chaat. That will allow you to order a uh, fishman prawn dish. So explain chaat, because you know I love a chaat. Mm-hmm. Explain chaat if people don't know what a chaat is. So chaat is a slang. It means delicious. So it is, I would say, when you talk about street food, it is the food in India. It comes in different uh, variations. Charts served different after probably every 40, 50 miles. It's their own take on. Every city has their own take on charts. Delhi, it's something else. Even in Delhi, there might be 100 different charts serving in different regions. 
you go country wise it's different but ultimately chaat tells you it means delicious is If it always so texturally complex chaat should give you we talk about the food and we talk about uh, sweet savory and spicy if it's not giving you those three notes it's not chaat so the moment you have chaat and you don't have those notions you won't feel like excited we didn't do a good job and for spicy like i would like to talk about this cuz i think that a lot of individuals think that spicy means heat but in your cuisine it literally means spice a lot of spice that's true it mm-hmm. spicy when we talk about spicy it means you can feel it imagine think about barbecue we gone for barbecue and there's no seasoning somebody just barbecue the meat alone but didn't rub it nicely we're not going to enjoy it we right. talk we talk about zzq other places the only reason because the rubs are great they do they're great so well rounded yeah, that's true. absolutely yeah so those things makes it same thing indian food as long as the seasonings the spices are there it's not about just chili it's the spices what it's all of the and do you bring some from india like do you yes. have do you bring them in cuz you know that maybe ours oh, yeah. are a little subpar it's no it's see most of the indian spices come from india there's so many stores in general like there's tons of indian grocer and right now in this world you can get anything like just to tell you simply some of the love my mom just came from india a week early on so when she come in and i thought okay what you brought it for me you know like uh, sometimes you think about from india she knows like a lot certain shirts or certain things but to me it was the fresh turmeric then she brought the anardana powder which is pomegranate seeds powder the fresh and she dry dehydrated on her own and the turmeric she brought it was phenomenal so like these are the things she brought it for me and it makes me really happy like fresh turmeric is nothing like yeah. i mean it's one of my favorite things mm-hmm. if you can get it in the in its like fresh form yep. it tastes so different mm-hmm. sorry scott no, i see you you're good i have a behind the scenes question for you please so the waiter comes to the table you, you place your order and they say mild medium hot i mean like american hot or indian hot and they give you that little smile and then i say indian hot and they look at me like Mm, I'm not I'm not sure about that. Everybody in the kitchen sees a puppy die. So that, <laughs> like that's, that's how it works. That's my here. question. It's it's, it's <laughs> like truly. That, that's my he question. Goes back and he's like Indian hot? <laughs> that's not a thing. Well, 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 the waiter goes back and they all laugh at me cuz I ordered or cuz I'm going to try Indian hot. They all um, My uh, question is are people like looking out the kitchen to see if I if no. I if yes, I Yes, they'd like you to maybe. leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean it's offered that way. That's how, that's how a lot of waiters do it. Maybe no, not here, but nothing like that. See what some restaurant might be doing it but uh, at least not here uh, as long as i know one of my f- many of my friend circles i don't think so but so that thing about mild medium indian hot that also is mostly in very certain regions it's not all over the country otherwise the dishes are supposed to the way it comes this thing happens in wherever we have majority indian it crowd imagine because they are just visiting from india they want their dishes to be either spicy or certain way and there's no way to guarantee like if korma like or tikka masala in general they come mild back down there lentils comes mild they don't come spicy in india also you can make it spicy by adding green chilies but they don't come in general spicy so there's so many dishes which supposed to be mild like biryani you talk to any of our indian southern indian crowd biryani never comes spicy in india and our southern crowd loves it spicy half of the capital one think about 
And I always talk to our people that the reason, because they don't eat Indian every day. And when they want Indian, I think they want to have the spice level by their own versions. Let's, and that time, the only thing goes up is chili powder. I'll tell you honestly, like right now, that anybody says, you know I do this, they're lying. Anything in terms of heat, that is all about chili powder. You want it, they say you a scale of one to four, you want three, four. How can they do spicy is to add chili powder. And that chili powder is the key that which chili powder you're using, like the best one would be a Kashmiri, a Rishan Patti chili. Uh, those are really good chilies, the spices, because when you add that, the heat doesn't come up front. The heat comes slowly. Like ghost peppers. If you have ghost peppers, I always call it ghost pepper is like amazing burgundy, like a great wine. Your bouquet is there. It and just blossoms. Yeah, Absolutely. and then it just keeps on. It takes 10, 15 seconds for it to reach it. So you enjoy the food first, and then it starts getting on your tongue, your mid palate, and then your. Uh, That's when the sweat your, starts yeah, to form. Yeah, your starts under here. And it just comes up. And then that's the real thing you need to know about chilies. God, I love that. That's what it's spicy should be. Yep. Not mm-hmm. burn your the face The endorphins off. in your brain start going <laughs> exactly. off and you get addicted burn to... Burn some calories because you're thinking about it. You mentioned the IT crowd, I think you said, right? The IT crowd? Yeah. Uh-huh. So um, I grew up in this part of Henrico. I've been here most of my entire life. And I've seen the demographic switch from what it was to what it is. What's it like to be part of this growing and vivacious community? As long as I know Richmond, uh, you know, and it's never easy to know the whole city, but as long as I feel uh, that certain areas are, like if you talk about the first generation of Indians, immigrant who came to Richmond, uh, most of them were in Southside. You talk about Hugaru, a neighborhood, we have it on Iron Bridge. I forget the name. Uh, it's Rivers Bend, yes. So if you go to River Bend, every other house would be an Indian house. And those were one of the first one to come to the Richmond. And if you talk to the people, there might be people who's living there for 50 years or more than that. I've met probably somebody who's been living there for 60 plus years also. So you talk about that time was different. So I think I don't know why they opt to live into that part. They might have been liking that area. But then uh, uh, many of them going to be in Merlothian too, but then the new generation who's been moving up and the IT crowd, as you mentioned, and the other medical field people later on, they are into West End. And part of the reason you can understand is Capital One or other IT jobs on this area, they want to be probably closer to that, I believe. And the schools are great too. But as a community, like, is it, I mean, from an, out, from an outside perspective, it seems very unified and very, you know, together. Is that... From an inside perspective, is that how you feel? No, no, that's true. See, it's to anywhere. I always call it that uh, not only the Indian community, we in general, like you talk about the restaurant industry also, they're so supportive. Like every community and like an Indian community also, uh, you might be just to give you a smallest example. Like this last weekend, Indian Association of Virginia had an event at Downtown Convention Center. Before that, a couple months back, we have Punjabi Mela. So Punjab is my home state. So we have Punjabi Mela. Then before that, uh, Kannada Association, other association, they always have something. And the major one happens is when we call it Indian Festival, Mm -hmm. the major. That's probably in October, November. Sometimes they do again in convention center. And that's been going on for more than 35 years, I believe. So then everybody's together. So that's what makes it Indian. That's what uh, the whole idea is. 
and even Richmond, our culture, that you have so much difference into every community in India, every state, but eventually you are all one. Same thing for us. Imagine take we are a melting pot. Everywhere, everybody is here from different parts of the world, and we are all one. Like we are proud to be American, we are proud to be Richmonders, proud to be Virginian. Same thing for Indian community in that way too. I think they feel proud to be Indian American. So before we wrap this up, I got a couple of things. Off a, why? I mean, in my opinion, which it really doesn't matter, but in my opinion, I think some of the best chefs in Richmond are Indian. Um, you. Mel. Mm-hmm. Is Mel coming here? Are we going to get some snacks from Mel? What's <laughs> happening with Mel? I mean, uh, do you know what's happening with Mel? Um, I think we had a little uh, talk uh, probably a few weeks back. It was probably three weeks, I would say, or something. Uh, Can you guys do a quick pop-up here? We could get a couple shots. We could have like some good wine. We could talk about vegan food. Just invite them to your house, Rob. Everyone cooks at your house. Mel would totally come to my house and cook. But that's not the point. I'm just like everybody else. James Beard. I mean, Sonny and Mel together, mind blown. (laughs) You never know in future. (laughs) You never know. (laughs) I mean, my my mind's already blown just thinking about it. Yeah. You never know in future. No, he's great. So you never know in future something comes up. And then, so for everybody that's listening, I want to know when I'm in your restaurant here, what should I order? I mean, clearly it's not Indian hot, so stop (laughs) with that, Scott. (laughs) I'm sweating just thinking about it. So I would say if you have to start with, I would strongly recommend any chart of the day which we've been doing. Um, And then since we always talk about the heat, we have an appetizer called Firecracker Chicken Tikka. So when we started this, this appetizer is with ghost peppers. And... We could have easily make it the spiciest appetizer, but instead of that, we want to use to make it the hottest pepper in the world to be savory. At that time, it was the hottest pepper, not now. Uh, but we want to make sure that it should be savory, how you can convert it. So I will start with either chaat or the firecracker or give you the balance, like how the heat has to work with the flavors or the cook and curry scallops. Those would be my favorites in terms of starting it. Oh, my life is so good right now. Just hearing about this. Keep going. I know. And i got to get to the entrees. For the entrees, I, if I have to do a grill, my ultimate favorite is uh, shrimp and chicken zafrani. So this dish is from Mughlai era where the chicken has to melt down in your mouth. It's like yogurt, saffron, uh, toasted cumin, marinade. Um, We've lost Scott. He's out, yeah, he's out it's, in it's, dreamland right it's now. It's that grilled marks we got it like and it's not like the average grill it has to go in tandoor where the charcoal is the fire and uh, that would be my favorite then we go on to a duck dish i love duck a la pondicherry so this is uh, an indie french heritage dish where the duck has to be confit and then we pull it and cooked with southern spices outstanding and then you got duck fritz uh, on top of that duck fat paste oh oh and you to go. I'm I dead know. from the delicious. Then we have a dish called uh, Patiala Shai Lamb Handi. Love that dish. Um, I would say uh, Andhra style chicken curry. So those are certain dishes. Then another dish I love it is the crab scallop meljol. Uh, we're you're everything right now. No, everything I is amazing. <laughs> I tried to give you. <laughs> There's a, have you recognized, I mean, in your. Yeah. 
food existence. Yes. Do you recognize any of these things? So the first maybe half dozen times I came here, I just ordered chicken tikka masala because that's that's what and that's what I knew. Now you know that you're and wrong. And then the, like on the seventh time, I looked at the waiter and I said, "Just bring me something delicious." And that's what you should and do. And that's what he did. <laughs> and I think it was I think it was scallops actually. Oh, good. I think it was the scallops. And that's uh, nice. Well, what did we learn here today? Trust trust your server, trust <laughs> the owner, trust and don't order chicken tikka masala. You're listening to. Eat It Virginia with Roby and Scott. And we had Sunny from Leja. Leja is located in the Short Pump Mall. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming out here. Really what we learned today is you need to eat all the chat. Let's do, let's do it right now. Right now. <laughs> all right. Thank you. So, bye, Scott. It was nice to know you. I hope that you come back from vacation. Oh, I'm alone back. here. Oh. oh I'll, I'll be back. <laughs> I'm still here. I'm alone here, guys. But I won't be alone on August the 5th because we are live at St. Stephen's, which is in the West End, right there off of Cary? No, I lied. Right three there shopped, off right? of Three, three Shopped and uh, Patterson. Yeah, the Country Club, right? It is right across the street. It is St. Stephen's Church. We are live with Real Local. What are we doing there exactly? We are interviewing Virginia Foodie, who has just upward of 45,000 thousand Instagram followers all on Virginia food. That's about 44,200 more than I have. Well, you know what? She's doing something right. And she's going to tell us what she's doing at St. Stephen's. Are you looking forward to that? I'm so looking forward to it. I cannot wait. Well, very cool. So if you guys want to look for that information, we'll pop it up on the Instagram, which is at Eat It Virginia. If you have any questions, you can send them to us at eatitvirginia at gmail because everybody has questions for Virginia Foodie. Scott is headed to Boston, Baltimore, and New York. Not in that order, hopefully. So while he's gone, I don't know. I guess we'll just eat it, Virginia. This episode of Eat It Virginia was brought to you by your locally owned and operated McDonald's restaurants. National First Responders Day is October 28th. Show your first responder ID for a free sandwich. This has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network.